The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we begin a Thursday and... Do what Ron DeSantis' campaign would like to do. Put Wednesday behind us. <laughs> Gary, uh, how the, are you? Good. The official announcement, actually, you know, he filed and then the commercial came out. So mm-hmm. the commercial was actually the announcement. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's when you first knew mm-hmm. is that, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he filed, but this this was the commercial. That's the first official thing we saw. Right. And, and yeah, so. uh, this, is the, this is the commercial that he uh, ran. Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet. And the president flounders. But decline is a choice. Success is attainable. And freedom is worth fighting for. Riding the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, and integrity to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation, and common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, we prove that it can be done. We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback. And it says DeSantis for president, then paid for by Ron DeSantis for president and all that. Um, you, know, you and I, when we heard that he was going to be on Twitter Spaces, we just went, why? We, I, I guess the response was like, okay, um, a great lesson, because if you didn't know that there were technical problems like crazy. For 20 minutes. For 20 minutes. And it was... Uh, the headlines at, during that 20 minutes were brutal. Oh, yeah. The headlines just... it The... Anything of because when you actually listen to what they were talking about, it was um, it was all substance. But 
they they made it as he is going to announce, but it actually was an interview, is what it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's what they promoted it. Right. I don't. Right. I don't think Elon Musk is a great interviewer, but I think that, and this is really amazing for the things that DeSantis has done right. And you and I, because we talked about this briefly in our pre-show meeting, you never, when you announce, uh. Give control to someone else. Give control to you someone else. Right. You don't turn that over. You don't share the spotlight with someone like Elon Musk in that yep. moment. Now, yep. you and I talked about it. I, I don't know how much. I can't remember if we mentioned it on the air yesterday. <laughs> if you're walking into that, let's say uh, he had a venue. The, the governor uh, got a venue, right? And you're going to have all of your supporters there. You're going to make that announcement. But all of it's going to play out. And you agree to do everything on Twitter, but you're going to start in that way. Now, the problem is, is you don't want to shut out the media. You don't want to do an exclusive. Because the exclusive then turns into, well, what we're seeing now, where the media is only writing about it instead of showing, you know, your speech or whatever it is during that announcement time, they're writing about the fact that for 20 minutes it was just horrible. Yeah, all you saw is DeSantis, a disaster. DeSantis, a disaster. DeSantis announcement, a disaster. You never allow, especially when you're announcing for president, anything. Uh, you never allow anybody to be there on stage with you, which in essence don't share that spotlight. You don't share the spotlight Casey with DeSantis anybody. Casey DeSantis is the only other person yeah. that should have been on that stage, you know, in that spotlight with you. And and so it uh, now look, this is uh, I it, nobody's going to really remember this a month from now. I mean, it's but the headlines when you first announce should be because I think how he should have run it is his announcement is maybe not a stadium, <laughs> but you put him in an arena, not with a 1,000 people, but with 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. And you pick one of the big arenas in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know whether you, you, know, you use you know, Florida State, you know, their auditorium, whatever, their basketball auditorium. I care. I've been in it before, actually, for concerts. I don't know how... How much it uh, it holds? I don't know. There might be a new one by now. I hadn't I haven't been mm-hmm. uh, to Florida State in <laughs> forty years, so they might have built a new ar- arena there. But you uh, and it's in Tallahassee, so you just you you want it to be super big, yeah. and you control every aspect of it, and you don't control every aspect of it. Number one, in an interview, and then in an interview with somebody who actually is not an interviewer. And somebody who already has their own spotlight in a big, big yes, way right exactly. Now. And yeah. somebody who has a spotlight where there is controversy. You know, one of the things uh, written about Tesla recently is the fact that their sales have declined. Uh, you know, that everything for Elon Musk, you know, he was the... Darling of the left up until, you know, he came out for free speech and bought Twitter. Those are all good things. But you want to launch like nobody's heard of you. And you want to launch to your base and not bring in 
someone who has their own massive spotlight that, frankly, is bigger than yours. There's no reason to do that. You create your own spotlight. Because then the question is, well, did he think that there were, I mean, clearly he did. Did you think there was going to be an advantage to sharing some of Elon Musk's spotlight? That's a dangerous game to get into. After the fact, yeah, along the way, if you think that it's an advantage to sit down with Elon Musk or to have Elon Musk interview you or whatever, then fine. Your announcement is yours. The entire (laughs) nation, uh, on the right, mainly, has been anticipating this announcement. There was one question to begin with, will Trump run again? Well, officially, we got that on November 15th. There's been a question, hey, you think DeSantis will run? That grew into, oh, I think he's going to run. Oh, when is he going to announce? Everybody's watching. You already have the captive audience. Don't share that spotlight with somebody who has a bigger spotlight. And don't give them control of the technical aspects of the entire technical aspect of it. I I expected it to be a much bigger presentation, but I guess, you know, I mean, that's just because of what we do. There was a reason that you and I during COVID insisted on coming in. We insisted during that time in working here because we wanted the reliability. We wanted the the support of our production staff, but we wanted the also the reliability of our network infrastructure to deliver our program to our audience during a time when it was crucial to get information to our audience, which these days is pretty much every minute of every day. Yeah, and, and, you know, we also, and, and we ended up being right because you and I talked about many radio broadcasts and then television broadcasts that mm-hmm. people watched yeah. where people were doing, you know, their weather reports and sports reports and news reports on, you know, Zoom or whatever apps, and the, the, the audio quality was horrible. And you could, yeah, and it was very noticeable, and we just, and, and so when we started seeing that the first couple of weeks, we said, all right, we made the right decision. There's no way. We're, we're going to trust any technology except the technology that's been proven, especially when, you know, we were entering something that is, that is, uh, basically unheard, is something that happens once every hundred years yeah. or 200 years. Yeah. You got to go through like generations right. and generations and, for it to, to happen and, and, and never happened in a, in modern times, you know, when communication was, you know, 24-7, everybody has a phone, and, and they're being fed who knows what kind of information that, that you know, most a lot of people didn't feel like they could trust. They, they had no idea what was going on, and, it, and we wanted to be here in a reliable right. setting with a reliable delivery infrastructure of our message. Yeah. It's not, look, it's not fatal, but when you look back at it, because you and I looked at each other yesterday and just went, what? Well, maybe there's something yeah. up his sleeve, and there was That's nothing. That's why we didn't comment it right. on there... it on it much yesterday's yeah. show. We didn't really because we don't know. I mean, it could have if it went off, and then all of a sudden everybody's going, "Wow, that was unique. That was politically. Right. That was the thing to do. That was a, a modern approach." Well, we didn't uh, know what the you know, format. We... we didn't know what the format was going to be. Yeah. We just didn't know. 
But after after seeing it, there's no way to look at it except to say it was an unmitigated disaster. Well, I mean, and, and the first thing out with your campaign that you've been meeting on for months of how to do it yeah. is just, to me, mm-hmm. the, if this is my campaign, somebody gets fired early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If if they brought that idea to me and 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 pushed it and said, this is going to be, you know, this is what you do in modern times. This is how, you know, you, you break the mold. This is how you reach out to an audience uh, that may not be there with you, you know, uh, it, otherwise in a, in a different setting. Uh, that person is likely gone. I don't know how you keep them. And, and then Trump's response on True Social, uh, I, I, which people are still trying to figure I, out. Uh, let me just, I'll just read yeah, it. Yeah. Here's what <laughs> Trump wrote on True Social after the announcement that DeSantis was running. Yeah. Rob, my red button is bigger, better, stronger, and working. Then in parentheses, truth. Yours does not, per my, and then in parentheses again, per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, soon to become my friend. What the hell does that even mean? People are trying to figure out, what the hell does that even mean? Rob is, he, you know, uh, he used that as a term for DeSantis back in March. Yeah. Sent out a press release also right. calling him Rob. Yeah. And, and the media at that point says, boy, he put that out. And, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, and didn't even correct the spelling beforehand, Mm -hmm. but now he's used it again. So is it, you know, I, I, nobody has any idea. The only thing I saw was, oh, wow. The next announcement will be that, uh, uh, Trump is in the hospital with a severe case of Biden-itis. Yeah. Cause that just made, you sat there looking and go, well, that, what the? How is that? I mean, it doesn't yeah. even make sense. And, and, and then the responses were, what? And then uh, his son tweeted it out. Yeah. With the response, yikes. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, I have no idea what's going on here. I mean, it's I, just, it's I just, don't, <laughs> well, I thought to my, myself, okay, we're going to, we're going to find out later that both Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. had their accounts hacked. I was thinking I was thinking that or Trump had the first drink in his life. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't because it was just just the most bizarre response you could uh, imagine but uh like I said, what DeSantis did not fatal but to lead off with this and to do cuz that's why you and I yesterday just said, "Okay, we'll see how this works. We you know, you, I like the tried and true message that, uh, you know, uh, ways of 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 doing it, which is, you know, you he could have still done. You don't need Elon Musk asking questions. You uh, you look, you can do an interview later on. That's an interview. That's not an announcement. Announcement is where you are in control entirely of the narrative and yeah. all the technical aspects of it. And you make it for DeSantis big, which means not a thousand people, yeah. not two thousand people, not in a small, but in a huge auditorium, and people cheering wildly for you. So, pe- first impression is, 
wow, people really love this guy. Mm-hmm. It's big. That's mm-hmm. a, this is a really, this is a big thing. Mm-hmm. To do it this way was just mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, I, you and I talked about it uh, in, during the pre-show meeting for yesterday's show. So Tuesday night, we came in and I said, look, you know, if he's going to have the big rally in the moments before that, then fine. Then you do the interview. You sit down and do the interview and, you know, okay, fine. Because they, they were talking on Tuesday. They were saying interview. And I thought, interview? Elon Musk is not a, a member of the media. No, technically he is now. Well, he owns a <laughs> he platform, owns a, he owns a media. but he's not a journalist. No, he's not. That no. does interviews. No. Look, if you're if you're a reporter for the BBC, I suggest you probably not go at Elon Musk because he's been known to destroy reporters when he's being interviewed. Mm-hmm. But that's not the same, and it doesn't get you anything. In fact, you end up in his spotlight. Because Elon Musk has a bigger spotlight. Don't share yours. You're 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 basically building your new national spotlight. Yep. Ron DeSantis has been talked about in the national media, but this is very different. Everything changes the moment it becomes official. And there was a twenty minute delay. <laughs> wow. Eight six six ninety red eye. Logging miles during the hot summer months can put a serious strain on you and your truck's health. Did you know pollutants and allergens in the air outside can enter your cab through the HVAC system without you even cracking a window? That's why it's important to check those cabin air filters. Inhaling dirty and polluted air can cause distress if you suffer from allergies or a respiratory illness. Not to mention the distraction dirty cabin air filters can cause by blocking proper airflow to your AC system when you need it most. Breathe easy when the air in your cab is fresh. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on 
all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. The reason I use mind-boggling, you know, uh, when talking about the decision that DeSantis made to announce this way is because he probably, from what we have seen over the last couple of years, is probably the most disciplined politician on messaging I've seen yeah. in a long time long time i don't know just off the top of my head i can't think of anyone whose message is more disciplined than desantis who who owns his own messaging consistently which is why when we heard this yesterday we went okay like is are we missing something here and we, you know we weren't we were right to because that's what we were doing we said yeah. really we were questioning why are you doing this? And if I would be in the meeting, I said, why Why are you doing this? Do it in an arena. You control it. If you wish to do an interview with Elon Musk after you announce, that's fine. And he was doing the rounds, you know, afterwards. He was mm-hmm. on, you know, Fox and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's that's fine. But right. it just, it made, it made no sense. We immediately had questions. But it came up so soon what the format was going to be. Where we just went, oh, okay, maybe we're missing something. Yeah. It's like we don't have all the information. Maybe there's something unique he's going to do here. Well, it was unique. Oh, all right, definitely but, unique. But not good unique. No. But other than that, the messaging was on, and we'll hit that coming up. From the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, coming up, we'll have uh, the uh, the first TV interview that he did on uh, Fox News, Ron DeSantis, uh, mm. or Rob, however. <laughs> 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 where he actually did the only thing he could do with damage control. So we'll get that in just a, a, a couple of seconds. But uh, what this was the thing that when I woke up at 10 o'clock and I slept, I've been sleeping really good. Mm-hmm. And my alarm went off at 10 o'clock and I'm up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there I am after I'm done showering, throwing on the clothes. I'm like, okay, let me find. And I'm on my phone as I'm going through the house. Mm-hmm. You know, where's the, you know, where's the video? Where's right. the video? Where's right. And I can't find any video. And I'm up. Right. I'm up. I said, I can't find any video of this anywhere. Where's the video? Where? Because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the clips. Right. The video clips. This is 2023. I'm looking for the video clips. Where are the video clips of him on Twitter Spaces? I had no idea Twitter Spaces was audio only. So I came in here. I'm still looking, and you said, Gary, 
Twitter spaces is all audio. I'm like, what? Well, and here, <laughs> here's the thing, too, is that because when they announced that, I thought, okay, but his team will record it on video, right? right? They'll mm-hmm. have so that afterward they can push out a lot of clips from that that the 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 visual media companies will use. That's what you want, right? So that tomorrow morning, uh, the television, you know, uh, morning shows would have clips. video, right? Yes. Uh, the audio was was live on on Twitter Spaces, uh, and here's here's the back and forth, and then you have the campaign recording a video. I thought for sure they were going to do that. I imagery is everything. everything. When you have the substance, don't blow the imagery. We're always concerned with politicians that have the imagery and not the substance. Right. And all of a sudden, what we got yesterday was substance but zero imagery. Right. And the other thing is, unless you're a professional broadcaster (laughs) like we are, uh, most people, when you're used to seeing them, whether it's television people, when you see them mm. talking, yeah. and and you see the you know their image on there, the body language, their face, their emotion, you take in the complete package. When yeah. it's simply audio yeah. only, and I find this a lot from people that I've watched on TV for the longest time. I'm like, ooh, they're not as powerful when it's just audio, and right. that's the thing you want that imagery and. I can't, as I told you just before we came into the break, I went, well, why the hell didn't they just do it on Telegraph? Because yeah, because right. it's like you have the, we have the technology of video. You use it. This yeah. is the biggest moment of your political career. You control everything with the messaging at this point. And it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, it, I, <laughs> it, it was really shocking to learn that nobody put this on video that you didn't record and because that would have the setting I'm thinking of is the two of them sitting in a chair side by side, either in a studio or on a stage somewhere. Mm-hmm. The kind of presentation that you make in the modern age. Now, the reason why audio only in that moment isn't, isn't sufficient now, it's not that, again, you can't do it after the announcement. You can do a number of interviews, but your audio-only interviews are going to be the last in line. Trust us, we know. We're radio. They go to television first for a reason. Because they want the imagery out there. They want uh, someone, you know, it, your your campaign is, wants to uh, project this, this image of uh, strength uh, uh, confidence and conviction in that moment to uh, a you know number one the 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 uh, voter on the right uh, the pri- you know this is you're you're focusing on the on the primary but also then of course of course to the rest of the world to to everybody else who's eligible to vote you're trying to you're creating your new spotlight you're creating your new image outside of Florida you're reintroducing yourself if anybody's you know. If if anybody's asking a question about, well, what's all that news about Ron DeSantis in Florida and schools and Disney, and you're building that from the foundation. And and the thing, too, is that 
you know, there are, if you're going to do an interview, there can be effective pauses. If you're making a speech, if you're saying something, if you're issuing, you know, whatever opinion, and and there is an effective pause, you you see that you know that uh, the the look in their eye, the 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 consideration, or if they're having trouble answering a question, you see the same panic. thing. Yeah, you can see. And that. and you're you're looking for that, and and from the campaign standpoint. You want that image out there, his image out there at, at every step. And even if you're not going to do it primarily because, you know, they can't do it on that on that format, then you have it available for all the other news, visual news media the next day. Because the audio is not great. No, it's not. It sounds like a Zoom meeting. Yeah. Yeah, and and like like I said, I mean, I when, when it was so funny. You, Gary, uh, Twitter Spaces is audio only, and I'm looking at you like, are you kidding me? Why? And I looked at you and said, why not use the Telegraph then to announce you're running for president? Right. Look, and dot 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 dash dash dash. I mean, it's you, just you, it's just you do everything in the moments oh following God. the announcement. You know, you you do every. Uh, major media that's going to get you exposure, right? Uh, you know, uh, on a on a large scale. You know, there's a reason he didn't come to us. Our audience is too big. <laughs> so you just well. got to temper it. And but the thing is, too, you don't want overexposure. Uh, the the thing is, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Just, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You just don't want to. Yeah, that's it. You don't yeah, want to risk it. it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Yeah. Too, too much exposure is bad exposure listen, when you're running for president. Listen, pace yourself. Yeah. So come on. It's not even 2024 yet. Uh, but, but, but that's it. And we haven't even gotten to the fact that you're not leading in the polls. Yeah. The so, guy leading in the polls this is and and you run even if you were you always run like you're like we said you run as if you're 20 30 points behind which he is which is exactly <laughs> where he is in most in right. pretty much every poll right now for the GOP primary i thought he would have had this down i know it's it is that's the thing it's so bad it was so bad. Now, not the substance of what he talked about. The because, message was great. Right, because he, he talked in, in the commercial. But nobody's talking right. about the message and, right and now. That's the, and that's the problem. Because he hit all the right. right when when you and I were playing the commercials, I, I went, oh, okay, good. He used the word, we need sane. We're yeah. not going to be insane. That's a key word. It's something that we've used all the time, not for political purposes, but because it's true. Yeah, right. And then he used the word truth. We're about truth. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be insane. We're about, you know, we're 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 about uh, you know, we're about truth. We're about common sense. Decline is a choice. Right. Decline is a yeah, exactly. Something Decline. That it's it's almost right. verbatim what we say all the, we right. use that word and we talk in fact, we talk about where we are as a nation and all these situations that are on the plate. All of them are choices. And and so that's the thing that you look at it and you know it's it's like when 
when Trump brings him up and starts criticizing him, even at a rally, you don't get the response. No. Because on the actual issues, 95% of Republicans agree with about 95% of what DeSantis stands for and the things of substance that he has done. And tonight, they're talking about 0% of that. You know, I, I want to play uh, just a little bit here. He was on uh, with uh, with Trey Gowdy on Fox News, and uh, uh, as it, uh, DeSantis joins Fox News for his first TV interview since announcing his run for uh, uh, president, and Trey Gowdy, you know, talked about the technical problems and said, "Well, that was probably because just so many people were uh, tuning in, and that might have been that might have been it." I mean, it it sure if, if it was yeah. a million and you can't handle that, you got a problem. You should have investigated that before you decided to use that format. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's what he said, which is the only defense that you – when I played this, we you know we listened to this uh, during the bottom of the hour, and you said, well, that's the only defense. That is, that's it. That's your no, only it's defense a good answer. you can use. And, it's a good response. And, and, and here it is. Here we go. We had a huge audience. It did. It was the biggest they'd ever had. It did break the Twitter space. And so we're really excited with the enthusiasm. But ultimately, it's about the future of our country. Uh, Trey, I'm running uh, to lead a great American comeback. We know the country's on the wrong track. We see it with our eyes. We feel it in our bones. We see the border being overrun. We see crime infesting the cities. We see the federal government making it more difficult for families to make ends meet. And we have a president who is a listless vessel, uh, not energetic, and not dealing with the key challenges that are facing our country. But it does not have to be this way. Our decline as a country is not inevitable. It is a choice, and I think we can choose a better pathway. And so what I will do is help restore normalcy to our communities, uh, integrity to our institutions, and sanity to our society. Truth needs to be the foundation of everything we do, and common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. We proved it could be done in Florida. We chose facts over fear when it wasn't popular. We chose education over indoctrination. And we've chosen law and order over rioting and disorder. Uh, If we can do it there, we can do it for the country. And the pledge I'll make for people is simply this. Uh, We need to win again as Republicans. We got to dispense with this culture of losing. And if you nominate me, uh, I pledge to you that on January 20th, 2025, at high noon, that I'll be the guy on the west side of the Capitol uh, with the left hand on the Bible and the right hand in the air taking the oath of office as the 47th president of the United States. No more excuses. We've got to get this one done. And anybody that's so inclined to help us, I would love to have your support at rondesantis.com. If you make a donation, maybe we can break that part of the Internet as well. You know, what you heard there is him repeating a lot of the elements verbatim from the from his, his ad from his ad exactly. and and there's a reason for that that's deliberate i mean that's what you want to do you want to repeat those those elements for those who haven't heard it and also restate them for those who have you want to you want to pound that message over and over again uh then you get into the you know the conversations the back and forth the interviews and you you talk about okay what, what does that mean decline is a choice i mean you and i have been saying that all oh, with everything on the table, the yeah. border, uh, the the economy, inflation, high crime, all of this is a choice. We can choose to do different. We can choose law and order. 
in these major blue cities. I saw where John Mellencamp has a new song about Portland. And it's not a flattering song about Portland. No way! Yeah. No, and he's on. he's been kind of a leftist populist kind of a... For the longest time, yeah. yes. Yeah. Really? Uh, in the in the, the one line is something like, uh, "Oh, in the land of plenty, something you know." And and but it's it's a it's a direct hit, and he got some response from people, you know, that live there, you know, that, that are more conservative and look at the situation and, or live near Portland, maybe. And he's and I I haven't heard the song yet, but you know, we talk about these all of these situations the border is open because we choose for it to be open a number of people voted for this we know that not everybody did but as a nation we're making these choices we need to make very different choices yeah we'll talk about his messaging and the consistency of it because that's when i when when i heard the commercial and heard his interview there i went Wow. And that was the point I was making earlier. Mm. You talk about discipline messaging. That's discipline messaging. Yeah. We'll get to that more. Uh, 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, where he said decline is a choice. You and I both like that because if you listen to the show, you know that we've been saying that for the longest time. And that's just obviously because when he wakes up every morning, he listens to us on uh, Real Talk 93.3. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, right before Greg Tish comes on. And yep, we've been on with I think we've been on the morning show there. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. we're on there one time. I mean, I know we know Greg, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we were on. I think it was in, we were in the other studio the one time. But uh, yeah, so so we're taking credit for it. Oh no, that's <laughs> that is clearly something that he got from our influence. <laughs> exactly, man. That's exactly. a scary thought. <laughs> Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning, Gary. Yes. We are getting breaking news. Our sources, which are mainly my... The voices in my head tell us that former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, will be announcing later today on MySpace. (laughs) Again, this is breaking news. We will follow this story 
as it doesn't <laughs> develop throughout the show. <laughs> oh, man. I'm <laughs> the Kurt Slichter. I had to read that again a couple of times when, during the day from, yesterday. From, from Town Hall Mag, mm-hmm. yeah, Town Hall Magazine. Yeah. Kurt Slichter. What are, I mean, it was, that was that was. I mean, that wow. was that was that was great writing because it it made a point and was comical all the way through. Mm. It was yeah. very it was very, very well written. Yeah, very well really written. Was. Uh, just I was just going through seeing any early analysis of uh, the DeSantis <laughs> announcement and debacle. Mm. Andrew McCarthy, uh, National Review. Once we got through the first half hour. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he goes. DeSantis is uh, is really excellent on policy. Well, I think everybody knows that. Well, well, may, well, in the media, we know we know that. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah, DeSantis is really excellent on policy. Well spoken, presents lots of facts, but uh, but marshals them well. Has a good grasp on how government is supposed to work. What legislation is pending? What the Supreme Court uh, might uh, do about the Chevron deference? How to rein in the administrative state? pronounces names correctly, remembers them too. This could have been really good on a reliable platform <laughs> if it had been a one-on-one discussion with a solid host. Yeah. Who would add, and by the way, our, all of our opinions were before I read this. And it's just like, right. okay. Yeah, it mir- I, have, I had not it, seen it, that it, before. It, it you mirrors exactly it. what we, almost exactly what we said. It could have right. been a really good, well, this isn't a way to kick off a campaign. No, have the discussion no. so much. Not the way to kick right. for for an interview, whatever. Right, but right. this could have been a really good uh, uh, interview on a reliable f- platform. It if it had been a one on one discussion with a solid host who would ask good questions, but let him talk. I also think the governor is going to do very well if he's challenged. He is well prepared and knows how to interject without being rude. The Twitter rollout was a bad idea, and they should have been certain the tech would work. And having Musk run it at the beginning meant there was too much stammering and chatter about Twitter. That's what I immediately thought. Yep. I thought it was really bad at the I don't didn't want to hear from Musk. No. I don't care what he has to say. Right. Uh, in this in this format. Right. You know, in, right, right. For this particular uh, yeah. uh he he can uh, another format uh on things concerning him and Twitter and mm-hmm. Tesla. Yeah, fine. But the last 45 minutes underscores that DeSantis has real strengths. You can easily see how they can be capitalized on going forward. The downside, no one asked about the orange elephant in the room, and DeSantis has signaled no urge to go there. It's what people need to be confident about, that he's going to go after Trump, be ready to hit him between the eyes. It's not like there's a lack of material, and not pull punches out of concern about the Trump base. The attitude has to be, I will... Um, this is a, a quote here. I will kick his ass and the base will come along and whoever doesn't, who cares? End of quote. Uh, now, this is coming from and, and by the way, we uh, we started this in 2012, uh, offering our services as political consultant to Romney. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe we've maybe it was even before just Romney. Maybe we or we offered it in the I primary. Think, uh, I think we offered yeah. it in the primary. Yeah, even. yeah, yeah. Because oh, we did offer it to Newt Gingrich. Yeah, remember when Gingrich yeah, was a was was a and we were very cheap. Our our rates back then were very low. I think a million. I think yeah, they've gone up. More I mean, by the time we got to twenty sixteen, Eric was up to like. Four or five billion, but inflation made it so that it was yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but uh, we are we are offering. Can we get out of this contract? No. Damn, I can't. Offer no, it then. we can't. We can't get out. Yeah. Uh, no. Why no. did you force me to sign last year? What? I'm too old to be we doing can, this. We can moonlight. <laughs> I rarely sleep anyway. Or is it sunlight in our case? I think there's a problem if we're working for a campaign. I think we have to. Oh, you mean <laughs> ethics? Well, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> Please. Well, we would we would have told not we, we would have we had questions. This came up so quickly that we went what? But if we would have been in a meeting and they would have proposed this in the in the campaign, we would have said, "What are you out of your mind?" Uh, we no way you control everything. No, I, you don't let, you don't bring in a huge celebrity like Elon Musk, who's not an interviewer to basically control the interview. Cause he, right. that's what you do. You set the premise of it. Right. Uh, but as for, for going after Trump, one thing that I noticed, and this was in the, the, uh, uh the interview and, um, uh, and, uh, uh, the I don't know if it was in the commercial, but it was in his interview uh, with Musk, and then it was also in his interview with uh, Trey Gowdy. Mm. Republicans have to stop the culture of losing. Well, I yeah. I think you may see early on there there there's a trial balloon on that one that they don't want to be mentioning Trump all the time, but they put that message out there. Yeah, one thing that I've noticed. And this is in the last couple of weeks. I think National Review even had it. Uh, I think they had an article on it about, you know, the uh, the 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 culture the culture of losing that yeah. losing for Republicans have now become sort of a badge of honor mm-hmm. because every election is you know you're you're being ripped off. Yeah, and you know you saw Carrie Lake that the last uh, you know the last um, court challenge she had was thrown out. And uh, uh, and but the 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 discussion is that now she's going to run for the Senate, Mastriano in Pennsylvania thinking about running for the Senate, and you yeah can, yeah all you, we need all, all we need now is uh, Oz to run again yeah and and well <laughs> well what you're seeing is everybody knows what that means every Republican know, right now all you're trying to do is win the primary right so yeah, yeah. when you say the culture of losing it's we have picked candidates that lost. No matter what yeah. you say, they lost. Yeah. And and you saw when he talked to Trey Gowdy, we've got to stop the culture of losing in the Republican Party. And I guarantee, because that's what he said, I guarantee it comes January of, uh, of 2025. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to get my years right. Yeah. You know, huh? mm-hmm. I will have my hand on the, the, the Bible. You see it. I see it on Republican blogs everywhere. Yeah. And the culture of losing, you know, you can add Mastriano and Lake, the fact that they may run again, and there is a concern from Republicans. I see it on the blogs that why why has it become, and National Review had a column on it the other day, why has it become that losing is now viewed as the new winning? Right. For Republicans. And for Trump, that means that means uh, 2020. It means the Senate race in 2020. 
mm-hmm. and it means the midterms in 2022. That's what it means to Republicans that we lose. This is this is a mindset in the Republican Party. Not all the Republican Party, not loyal Trump supporters, but you see it on the conservative blogs and the Republican blogs everywhere on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That we need to win. And so do you just mention Trump or you, do you just say the culture of losing and test market to see how that goes? Because do you want to be pounding on Trump every single day or do you want to see if that message holds water? I don't think DeSantis is afraid to go after Trump. No. He knows he's eventually going to... The question is going to have to do it. Do you need to do that? And does it benefit you in the way that historically uh, that that tactic benefits you? I look. I and this is all in my tiny little brain, but but I do believe that right now politically people are not wanting to hark back to you know uh, the. Uh, things that happened in prior elections uh they want to they want to focus on okay what are the problems right now and how do we fix them and you if you're going to have a message you're going to have to say these are the solutions these first of all these are the problems right and it's so obvious right now we seems like every election cycle we say this but really uh inflation uh, uh, the rise in violent crimes, the fact that these criminals are getting away with so much because the left is making it, the, the creating a situation where they're going to walk, where they're not going to be either prosecuted or stay in jail very long. And the American people are tired of that. You could you could be someone who's voted blue and only blue your entire life, and you know. Mm-hmm. What we just said is right, and so when you have it, you know you the uh, you know you look at we'll we'll see what the polling goes over the next few weeks, and I wonder if he's going to be running a significant number of ads. But you're talking about winning the primary. That's the first thing. This is not the general election, and Republicans that vote in the primary are pretty well informed. Yeah, and more informed than the general public that votes in a general election. Mm-hmm. They're voting in a primary. Uh, With the Republican Party, here's what you have. You have loyalty towards Trump. Mm -hmm. All the other candidates out there, they look at it's like, eh, that have announced. DeSantis isn't a, eh. Even loyal Trump supporters, you know, unless you're part of the campaign where you're, you know, calling him a rhino or desanctimonious, but nobody, 90% of Republicans are not buying into that. Right. And and you've seen it at the Trump rallies where he'll say stuff about it and you don't get the response you would expect from a Trump audience. Right. Because they like DeSantis. Mm-hmm. They ha- they may have great loyalties and believe that their guy got ripped off. But that doesn't mean that they automatically dislike DeSantis. Right. So right. that's what you have there. So the message is going to be you don't have to use Trump's name all the time. When you say we've got to stop the culture of losing in the Republican Party, everybody, any Republican that's going to vote in the, okay, not every, but the vast majority of Republicans that will vote in the primary understands exactly what that means. Well, and it is a very forward-looking uh, tactic. 
that that you have to put the past behind you what you know what has happened in recent elections all that has to be over you've got to focus on winning and you've got to focus like you've never done before look a lot of this is also on the GOP the party itself you know oh, yeah. and, and 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 how bad they are to the extent that they <laughs> seriously said that from now on we're going to pick candidates that can win, win. well the and but that's why you don't have to get personal with trump right now right you take away you simply say we need to stop the culture of losing in general everybody knows that means yep. the senate races in 2022 mm-hmm. and the president but it's not yeah. the president because of the president and trump but it's not trump alone so you deflect taking criticism directly about trump because you've said the culture of losing overall yeah and right you're eventually going to have to go after Trump. But I just, I have a feeling when I heard that, because everything you've seen, the message is extremely disciplined. And when I heard culture of losing, I went, oh, okay, that's what they're doing. Yeah. We don't want to, you know, we're not going to go back and forth with Trump on everything, but Republicans voting in the primary knows exactly what that means, the culture of losing. Now, they may agree with it or they may disagree with it, but it's out there. It's, I mean, and it's out there. You go to Republican blogs, you go to conservative blogs, you know, and and uh, and pages on Twitter and Facebook, and you'll see it all the time. Mm-hmm. We've got to win. Yeah, we've got to win. We've got to win. We've got to stop the losing. Losing cannot be a badge of honor because it doesn't move the agenda forward. Right. And I think that's what he probably is doing. We'll see how it works. Eight six six ninety red eye. Least owner-operators should be aware of four common revenue myths, lest you fall into the trap of mistaking revenue for profit. Myth 1. Concentrate on increasing revenue because costs will take care of themselves. This is not true, as costs are fundamental to the profit equation and the area where owners exert the most control to improve. Myth 2. More revenue per mile is the answer to all problems. Though carrier pay packages differ in structure, revenue per mile really doesn't change much from company to company. But there can be a big difference in miles, overall gross revenue, reimbursements, and fees. Myth 3. All you have to do to be successful is run a lot of miles. In reality, revenue is only half of the profit equation. Costs are the other half. It's possible to generate a lot of revenue, yet spend a dollar ten to make every dollar. Myth 4. You can tell how well you're doing by the size of your settlement check. The settlement check is only a part of the success picture. Miles driven, loads hauled, conditions, mechanical problems, time off, and especially costs all have to be considered. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Just going through Twitter, and it's amazing right now because uh, you've got you know DeSantis people on there now, and it's going back and forth. Yeah, and it's really, yeah. uh, it's really, really interesting, and it's going to get more interesting um, now that you know DeSantis is officially announced. 
Now, yeah, yeah. will he? How hard will he be campaigning early on? Uh, you've got a long, long time here, you know, before you get uh, you know to the actual uh, you know primaries. Yeah, beginning right. of of, uh, of of next year. Mm-hmm. But um, will be interesting to see. Just because uh, messaging, he is messaging. He's on the message is there. It's clear. Yeah, uh, and it's simply this. We need to stop the insanity of what's going on. Uh, we need to stop. We need to have common sense. We need to have the truth. And then he gets into the specifics of all the issues that back up those things. And then at the end, it's, and we need to stop the culture of losing for Republicans. Mm-hmm. How would that resonate? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how it resonates. Uh, I know it resonates with a lot of people. How many? Will the polls start moving? We will see. We've talked about what Trump has to do. Trump needs to start talking about policy. He needs to forget about the royal family. He needs to forget about the people on The View. He needs to, whatever he did last night on Truth Social, must stop that because that was completely incoherent. He came down with Bidenitis yeah, on was, that one. Talking it was weird. About, that was just bizarre. And, and uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if he can do that. I don't know for many Republicans whether they care. Yeah. Um, Uh, And so it'll be interesting because in the next few months, you know, really in the next six months, we are going to see where the Republican Party, where they actually stand now that DeSantis is a candidate. I don't believe, you know, I saw the other day, you know, this is Tim Scott's path to the presidency. I, I don't see it. No, I just, you know, no, I don't, I don't, I think it's, well, there hasn't, within the party, there hasn't been, there's, Tim Scott is ever present, but there hasn't been the political buzz in the, in, you know, in terms of the primary for 24 in the GOP. That, no, you didn't have people waiting, you know, asking, wow, is he going to run like DeSantis and Trump? Mm -hmm. You didn't have that. In fact, they're pretty much the two. Yeah. But right now, Trump is in the lead, and DeSantis has work to do. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. A team of lawyers monitoring this show at all times for your protection. <laughs> Nightly Red Eye Radio. <laughs> oh, that's the view. That it's a little <laughs> too close to home. <laughs> uh, good morning. He's uh, he's Eric. I'm Gary. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight, man, I'm telling you, the Babylon Bee is just scoring with some headlines. Mm. This may be my favorite sports headline they've had ever. 
California grants Lakers reparations of 10 extra points after playoff loss. (laughs) 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 Then there's a picture of Eric Adams in New York City. Sanctuary City bummed now that it actually has to do the sanctuary part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That is, I mean, that is, wow. that is just, uh, I love it. This is, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the thing I love, the, the thing I love about the Babylon Bee mm. is I loved Mad Magazine growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. How they would just take on anybody. Yeah. Now the Babylon Bee is a Christian satire site, but they'll take on, they'll take on everything. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. they've, yeah. they've hit, uh. You know they've they've actually they've made fun of Christianity at times. Yeah, sure. And and so I mean they're really about you know the humor in in everything that uh, that happens. Here's one here: Southern Poverty Law Center classifies everyone not currently wearing a pride shirt as a hate group. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a picture of DeSantis. Adolf Hitler announces run for president. <laughs> Dodgers summon Satan to throw out first pitch at Pride Night. Oh man, I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, getting and oh, they do have one here about Target. Where's the one on Target? Psst, hey kid, want to change your gender? Says Target dog emerging from clothes rack. <laughs> oh. My, oh, my, oh, uh, my, oh, my. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, and then, this is one I love. Wife calls off Target boycott five seconds after walking into Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and my favorite from last week, and I never read this one. Yeah. Homeschooled only child consistently at the top of his class. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. And That's what fun. was the one I saw yesterday? This it wasn't on a parody site. Somebody had it on Twitter. Mm. And this is after Newsom took off at Target. Yeah. You know, because they backed off. Apparently, apparently, I mean, they haven't confirmed it, but apparently they've taken the, the kids' stuff out. Yeah, right. Uh, and so he uh, he's, uh, he's uh, you know, objecting to that. And I did see something that said, uh, uh, it said, um, uh, what was it now? Something like uh, uh, Newsom. Newsom tells California shoplifters it was either to shop at Target or not to shop at Target. <laughs> but I mean, it was whatever yeah. it was. It just I had to think about it. Like, wait a minute. Well, the shoplifters steal. They're actually not. Yeah, shopping. they're not. Shopping. But it was. Yeah. But it, I I burst out laughing when I trying to figure it out. I was laughing at it, and I forgot which right. way they actually uh, uh, did it. But the whole Target thing. I, I go back to uh, Kevin o, uh, Kevin O'Leary, mm. uh, who I saw in a YouTube interview, mm-hmm. and he's just shaking his head, you know, because he said, you know, I'm a I'm a consultant and stuff like that to businesses, and and have been my whole life. And being asked about it, he just said, he's you can tell he can't believe that people in business are actually getting involved in such controversial things that will turn off probably the majority of their customers. Yeah. Yeah. 
because it's not even turning off half when you look at the liberal transgender activist movement and their focus on children. Yeah. And and their belief that biological males uh, are female, are biological females and should be able to compete. You've got 70 percent of the American public that disagrees with that. Mm-hmm. And so. When I saw the interview that he did, I saw this a couple of days ago, it was here in the last week he did it. He, you could just tell he didn't know what to, at times it was like he was lost for words because he cannot believe the absolute stupidity of these companies. And his thing is, you just stay out of it. You you market a you market a brand for what you offer. Yeah, you know you don't tailor it to uh, offend your your advertising to offend half or more of your potential customer base. Well, that's, that's it. When it, because. Jumping into anything controversial is going to split your base. Why would you want to do that? Why would that be your goal? If you if you want to make a statement, then know that it's going to... Because the only statement in retail should be we want your business. We don't care who you are. We don't care where you live. We want your business. Go back to Schwartz at uh, Starbucks. Years ago, we said yeah. this. Uh, you you do an interview. Sure, I'll do an interview. I'm going to talk about Starbucks. Ask you a question about an issue. Listen, all I can say is uh, we welcome everybody from all walks of life. We make a great cup of coffee. In fact, we make it exactly the way you want it. In fact, we'll write your name on the cup. And we invite you to come in and get a great cup of coffee. We have locations all over the U.S. Uh, What's your position on gun control? Well, we follow the law. Mm -hmm. And I guess we would expect everybody to follow what... The law is, but it's, yep. it's not up to me to tell somebody what to do. I sell coffee. Different states and jurisdictions have their have their laws, right? And and so that would be up to those lawmakers uh, in those jurisdictions. What we do is make coffee, right? And we make the very best coffee. Yeah, and, and well, I mean, I'm, I'm I don't I'm. Doing, I'm the marketing guy. I'm not necessarily right. agreeing with that statement. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you're, you know, if you're Target, hey, we've got a huge sale right now. Hey, we have all of these offerings that the other discount retailer doesn't. I mean, they've actually built that brand on that. You pretty much for any adult. They already know that about Target. And the joke from the Babylon Bee is is a prime example. It's funny because everybody understands it. Mm-hmm. And it is the idea that uh, you know, some people just don't like walking into a Walmart. And it's that 
that joke's been around forever right. in one form or another, <clears throat> delivered with different words. You've already built that brand. Keep that going. In a time during inflation, advertise your specials. Advertise how you can save money. You don't even have to say the word inflation. The reason you don't is because your prices are going up too. That's how inflation works. What you do is you just talk about your sales. You advertise what's going on. Your offerings, your values that you offer. And if you want to jump into a, a, a controversy head first, know that you're splitting your audience and your bottom line will be affected and your, your consumer base. And your, this is the thing, too. It's very hard to correct that. And how did you not learn the lesson during the whole bathroom thing? And, yeah, you and I you know, talked about that, I believe, off. I mean, we talked about it when it happened on the air. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> off the air, uh, we just talked about that here in the last uh, day and just shook our heads going, what? They, <clears throat> they didn't learn from the bathroom thing. Right. You've you got to be kidding me. And as we have stated, what, what really surprises me, because I think that probably most of the country, you know, the uh, – I believe most of the country is live and let live. Right. If you're gay, you're gay. Mm-hmm. Right. If you know whatever, whether whether they disagree with your lifestyle or agree with your lifestyle, it's like, well, live and let live. And right. I do think the majority of people, you know, are that way. Now, you and I, when, when gay marriage got into the constitutional issues of it and things like that, but getting taking that away from it, most people, even if they disagree with the lifestyle. And remember, there are people that disagree with heterosexuals living together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny because it was like when um, uh, <clears throat> it would be, uh, you'd see a gay activist say, well, yeah, but these Christians believe we're going to hell. Well, same if you're a heterosexual sleeping with somebody out of marriage. So uh, do you not understand the religious dogma of that religion? Right. You know, it's not just yeah. it's just not you. There's a variety of things that people view as as in, especially in 2023 is probably being particularly radical to how the culture that they grew up in uh, of what, you know, a lot of modern Christianity is about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's and so you're going to get that pushback. But to me, what surprises me is the defense or the not understanding that the new LGBTQ is focused on transgenders and grooming children and yeah. uh, body mutilation of children and parental rights where parents have no right over their children and wanting to throw adult themes at children. And then actually coming out and saying, you're denying children's rights. Are you kidding me? You're going to try to sell that to the American public? You're insane. And so when you get behind all of this, and I think I, I told you that I got an email back about uh, three weeks ago. Mm. And uh, this was after the NHL said they may be backing off on the whole Pride Night thing. 
Yeah, you saw that. And yeah, right. I and and I got a thing from the Buffalo Sabers because I'm a Sabers fan, and I you know I haven't bought the TV in a while though, and I haven't gone to a game in years because I don't live there, mm. but I used to, so I'm still on their mailing list. Right. And they ask me give 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 your opinion, you know, of the team and everything else, you know, and I gave my opinion. Most of it was positive about the team. All right, any general comments? And I blasted them about that. I said, don't you realize that when you embrace the modern LGBTQ, which is the liberal LGBTQ, that it's all about transgenders now. And it is about child mutilation. And if you don't understand that, you better educate yourself on it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the thing. You know, that's what DeSantis is on all the time. We do live basically in a live and let live society. Mm -hmm. Hey, I disagree with what you're doing, but, you know, you're my neighbor. Uh, You know, you're, uh, all right, you live next door to me, you're gay. I disagree with your lifestyle, morality-wise. You need help, I'm there for you. Why? Because most people can disagree with other people and still love them and be there for them as neighbors, as part of a society, as part of a family, and still disagree. Mm-hmm. But what they're trying to sell you is, if you disagree with me, then you hate me and you're a hate monger. Right. Or if you disagree with grooming children or teaching adult sexualized content to children, that all of a sudden you become a hate monger and you're denying people their constitutional rights. Well, you're insane if you think that way. And I'm glad that... Uh, DeSantis has picked up on uh, us using the insane for a significant period of time (laughs) as to what they're doing. It should be used more often because that's how the American public looks at it. But for Target not to understand with everything they're going on, the CEO should be fired. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Especially his comments from last week. It's like, how tone deaf are you? I, I I just don't know how in the world you make that decision with so many people in that process of making that decision. I know. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. More on Target. And you saw the Bud Light backlash where experts are warning supply shortages of other beers. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, because uh, the, of, of that. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's pretty bad. When your product is doing so badly, it's causing a shortage for your competition. That's bad. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Good morning. Welcome to a Thursday. <laughs> All over the place Thursday, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was sad yesterday to hear uh, Tina singer uh, Tina Turner died, 83 years old. Yeah. Um, which means, uh, you know, I think about when she made her comeback in the 80s. Yeah. And she was in her 40s then. <laughs> yeah. And I remember that, you know, Oh, she's so old and she's coming back. Well, I was in my 20s, so it was like, oh, yeah, she's old. Now 40-year-old rockers are commonplace. Yeah. 50-year-old rockers. Well, that's it. 80-year-old I mean, rockers are commonplace. <laughs> somebody, I don't know if it was, I can't remember if it was a stand-up or maybe a late-night joke or something. Uh, Tina Turner turned 42 today, but her legs are only 25. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. You know, she watching, and I never saw her live, but watching her work made me sweat. Yeah, and you know, the the belting she could belt out her scream would capture the moment. I was telling you during a uh, top of the hour break, one of my favorite songs to hear her sing. Is the duet she did with Brian Adams, It's Only Love, which hit the top 40. It was on a Brian Adams album, but she owned that room. I mean, that was all her. I mm -hmm. all due respect to Brian Adams. If you're going to do a duet with Tina Turner, you have to know, and I'm sure he would say this, you give the stage over to yeah, her. You come she in, owns the You come stage. in second place. Yeah. It was interesting because you and I just, we just during the top of the hour started talking about it. And it was funny because I was thinking about it all day. I said, well, how can I, how can I say this? Cause it's not an insult, but she had one of the best, and you used it, screaming, singing voices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember when, when, uh, I could say Fogarty, but it was actually CCR <laughs> uh, when they came out with Proud Mary. Yeah. And it was like, ah, oh, it's a really good song. And then it was like a year and a half later, two years later, as a kid, Tina Turner came out with it. Mm -hmm. Ike and Tina Turner. Well, right. I mean, there, what? it wasn't even the same song. <laughs> yeah, right. And she just absolutely, at the end, the buildup to the end of that song was just unbelievable and she crossed i mean she there are some artists that you know you sit there say well uh they're rock or they're country or they're you know r&b or they're soul or she was tina turner she had her own genre yeah she there had was, her own genre. there was no genre she just right. had that kind of talent that kind of voice where it was like well no that's tina turner yeah well what kind of music is it tina turner it's it's all of it, you know. It's it is soul, R and B, rock. Uh, you know, deliver a ballad. The thing yeah. was is trying. You know, uh, when she did uh, the Mad Max soundtrack, we don't need another hero. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
it's a it's kind of a power ballad thing. Mm-hmm. But I heard it the other day. It wasn't a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, man, that that song. I mean, stands alone from the movie. It, it, it you know it's great when it can stand alone from the movie. You don't need to couple it with the movie, right? You know, I mean, sorry, Ray Parker Jr., but the song Ghostbusters is always going to be <laughs> about the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. simplistic point to make, but I mean, it's very it's, tough not to. It's, right? <laughs> it's the name of the movie, Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, but you know. It it had so much. I mean, it was just. It really stood alone, stood out. Um, and I thought to myself, it's it's hard with her energy. It's it must be, and and I think impossible as a listener, as a fan, to contain her within a ballad. Now there are some great ballads, but I mean. You need to know that that energy is going to be the same as the proud Mary, which is going, you know, 500 beats per minute, <laughs> yeah, I know. you know, and, yeah. and, yeah. and it, it just, it, there's that energy is going to be, it's, you're still going to look at that and go, wow. And it really is about delivering the emotion. You know, it was funny because. We had left Tina Turner out when a couple of weeks ago we were talking about, and I forgot how we how the topic related. It was related to something, but we were um, talking about how you know uh, the members of Heart, Anna and Nancy Wilson, were talking yeah. about the sexism in the radio yeah. industry, you know, and all that. And I said, well, it might have been in the radio industry. It wasn't from us. And then we started going. The through, fans didn't. You know, I, I started going through the fact that I was I never discriminated against uh, women artists, and I talked about you know going back to. You know, even uh, Motown with Diana Ross and, yeah. and you know, yeah. some of the great female singers there that really caught your attention. And yeah. she was one of them. Right. And so there was never, I mean, I never had, the record, the, the liberal record business might have been sexist, but I don't think the listening audience yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, ever was. And she was one of those voices that just, you think about this, small transistor radio and that voice just, it didn't matter. You could listen to her on a big stereo or on a tra- transistor radio. You are old, Gary. What's a transistor radio? <laughs> but that little, tra- it, it comes out of that. Or if it comes even out of your phone, I'll, 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 I'll do the 2023 comparison. For, it comes for, out of your phone. It's yeah. still like, whoa, whoa. For, uh, for the young people, it's like when your Bluetooth speaker isn't working. <laughs> why does it sound that way uh and but that's you know th- those are the artists that that really and and that's it it's always about that emotional connection mm-hmm. and uh it, it whatever it is i mean if if man if you need a little motivation for me I mean, if i need a little motivation if you if i want to crank up a song it's going to be that duet with with Brian Adams but I'm I'm just waiting for her part because you can actually visualize it as you're listening to the song her walking up to the mic walking onto the stage and just commandeering the stage and, when, and it's it's yeah. the energy is just and incredible. and when she when she would do a ballad and well, what's love got to do with it yeah 
during that whole song, I'm like, I want to hear Proud Mary. I'm not yeah. saying she doesn't have a great voice, mm-hmm. but I want the, the intensity of mm-hmm. her screaming voice. I've always wanted that. Great point you made, though, about you know Ghost, Ghostbusters, you think of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Take My Breath Away Berlin, mm-hmm. you think of Top Gun immediately, right? Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. only thing you think of, Top yeah. Gun. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. uh, there, but with her... It stood her, you know, we don't need another hero, stood alone from the movie. Yeah. Completely and did. It really did. It, and and I guess it was always going to, if she was going to sing that song, you know. Um, and, and the other one, I mean, Simply the Best is one of those great rock pop so- songs that, that mm-hmm. delivers, you know, and it just, it has that positive vibe, but she's delivering a, she's, the chorus is a crescendo over and over and over. That's hard to do in a song. Mm-hmm. No, most songs right. have one crescendo. The chorus, because of how she delivered it, was a crescendo that just went throughout the song, and that's what makes that that energy work. She did that with anything she performed. Any song she performed, that crescendo was happening repeatedly. And that energy was just lifted to that point and I'll use every single word, time. Intensity. Yeah. It was intense. Yeah. In a good way. Right. And the definition of crescendo, and I, I know right. that, you know, probably some music teachers got to write me, well, I'd actually, no, no, no. That's the whole point is that it is bringing it to that peak over and, and over, over again. again. Yeah. <laughs> that's extremely rare in terms of the natural ability, and that's what she had to do that. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, I mean, her uh, her contribution to rock and roll and to, to pop music and to soul and R&B, you know, like, look, it's, it's, you don't, you don't even have to, you don't even have to say it. It's just, it just is. And then, you know, and when she first became well-known, I mean, she was in the horrible marriage with Ike. You know, it's interesting. Uh, New York Post had a piece, and I didn't get to finish reading it, um, but it was, uh, the headline was something to the effect why she decided to forgive him, you know, for that Mm -hmm. abuse uh, during Mm -hmm. that time. And, you know, uh, it's, and we all, we all knew it. I mean, it was just, you know, it was part of it. But then to see her rise in the 80s. Yeah. And there was a good there was a good feeling about that. Yeah. There really yeah. was in the and it was, that it and, was a redemption. Right. Um but it was also an acknowledgement that she was it. She was the point. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, uh, I, I think, I think that, that felt good for a lot of people that felt really bad for her, uh, having been in that situation. And you see that during the eighties, it just, it was just boom all over the place. And I I was thinking that, uh, because when you had said it uh, earlier, when it came out and, you know, she was in her 40s and had the the, the big comeback. Mm. If you say it today, you know, like, well, what a great singer. And those legs, mm. it might be viewed as sexist. Yeah. But that was part of the marketing campaign. 
Oh yeah, you know that was part of the market. And you just well, like, those legs were working. The thing is, is that yeah, they, yeah, exactly. It was like yeah. they were yeah. a, 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 a a member of the band. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was Tina Turner, then there was Tina Turner's legs. Exactly because of the way that she, you know, danced on the stage. That was yeah. that wasn't even just. That wasn't just no, dancing. But, that was no, but her her move. But that's a great point. Uh, the the her the movement, which again created by the legs, yeah, was the same intensity as the voice. Yeah, yeah, and it was you know she was the she was. There are very few, you know. There's so many artists that I like, and it's like oh yeah, they fulfill this in me. But you see someone like her. Can you imagine seeing her? I, that's one thing. Wish I would have seen her live, because yeah, yeah, you know, I, seen her, yeah, seen, same her, seen her live yeah. is, is because she was just there was an intensity that was outside of any of what when I was in that age group where I especially not maybe not because there was no there was no favorite music when she first came out i was listening to everything it was top 40 radio right, i was still right. developing mm-hmm. i'm a teenager just listening to everything right but then my music taste veered off a little bit you know to as i've always talked about prog more, more prog rock mm-hmm. you know classical stuff like that mm-hmm. which i still love the most mm-hmm. but then there are just those moments where you go well it doesn't matter this is pure great this is just pure greatness and I've talked about, we've talked about many times about music genres we might not think we like. And then you see somebody live and you go, oh, okay, I'm wrong here. I may not still listen to it on the record, but live, there was such an intensity. But she had it both. I mean, she had it live and she had it, her recordings were just spot on. I mean, as well produced as you could get for that particular time. Yeah, it, it was it was an unbelievable delivery. We were talking the other day about the Foo Fighters and, and their new drummer, Josh. By the way, I saw video of them doing Monkey Wrench Yeah, in the studio. If you ever have a question as to how tight they are as a band, and by the way, that includes Josh. He was yeah. killing it, crushing it. Watch that video. It's uh, Somebody else posted it. It was not on their YouTube channel, but it came up on uh the algorithm sent it to the top on on uh, my feed and i watched it and it's it's amazing yeah they they uh they're doing a lot of they've done a lot of in studio stuff if you can see there what the one that really blew me away a couple of years ago which is when i've said they started you know changing the direction of what they do it just wasn't and i we mentioned that clive davis the famous mm-hmm. record producer who told him he was like well I, we're doing the acoustic we're doing and he goes do it all together yeah, put it in together, everything together in a song. And Dave Grohl went, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, that mindset took Foo Fighters, in my opinion, to a new level. But shame, shame, off the last album or two albums ago mm. uh, that they do live. At, and it was a oh, something X, Radio X on YouTube. Yeah, that is right. so incredibly tight. It's like this has to be from a studio and it's not it's live you can yeah. tell it's live yeah. you know they're doing it live right it's just mind-boggling yeah really really it really good, is yeah it is you know it's it's interesting to to kind of compare different acts between mm-hmm. Foo fighters has been around for decades and a, a a legend like a tina turner you know like i said with brian adams you get her on the phone 
you got to know you're handing that song over to her. But the influences, you know, with all of them, all the above, are going to be there for forever. What an amazing life. Yeah. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Friday Radio, he's Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. You know, I still shake my head over Target because the whole thing about, you know, Target already talking about their uh, their losses because of yeah. shoplifting to right. begin with. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then this whole thing comes out, and it's just like you shake your head going, what are they thinking? And then this came out. When Target approached the brand, uh, is it called Abpralin, to design clothing for its 2023 Pride collection, the retail giant was fully aware of the brand's Satanist-inspired merchandise. You just, my God, Serena's going, my God, what do you, you and they knew it, uh, yeah. according to a statement posted by the designer. Target, quote, Target initially sold uh, three products, a messenger bag saying we belong everywhere across trans flag colors and planets, a tote bag with the message, too queer for here beneath a UFO, and a cure transphobia, not trans people sweatshirt. Those three items are no longer for sale online. They were being sold online. Others that were not sold uh, at Target included Satanist imagery and glorified violence against alleged transphobes. This is what the designer said. When I was approached to create products for Target, they told me that my work, such as Satan respects pronouns, wouldn't be a good fit. They were observant enough and had the necessary critical thinking skills to realize that my use of occult imagery is as harmless as any horror movie targeted towards adults, but wanted my collection for adults to be a little less gothic, said the designer, who was a self-described gay trans man who goes by Eric, Yeah, who wrote in a series of Instagram stories. Target did not respond to National Review's request for comment to confirm the brand's characterization of the events. <laughs> Maybe we need to have another meeting with him. I, I, oh, that—that's the whole thing. You and I always talk about. Okay, how does how does the meeting go? It would be a series of meetings. A number of people involved yeah, I, I in that, making these decisions. That That's what gets me laughing is knowing that there was a meeting, a, a series of meetings on this. And then, yes, let's go with it. <laughs> was the end of the meeting. <laughs> wow. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And 
He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right, well, CBS covering the uh, the whistleblower. Yeah. In fact, not that they've outed him, but really that's this is the first interview Gary Shapley has done. He is the supervisor. We mm-hmm. now know who mm-hmm. he is. We yeah. had said this a couple of days ago. We said they know who the whistleblowers are. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. It's not hidden, and... Uh, so uh, uh, he uh, uh, he came out. I want to play a little bit of the the story as it was covered by CBS uh, last night, who was for the most part ignored the story. But then, yeah. boom! Yeah. And you look at the polling on all of this. You know, you and I looked at you know that this isn't conservative uh, polling uh, either. And we brought it to you. I believe some new polling yesterday that showed vast majority of Americans believe that. Uh, you know, Hunter Biden did illegal influence peddling, mm-hmm. and the majority of Americans believe the same thing with uh, with Biden. As we have said, there's about 10 percent more people that believe Hunter Biden was involved in illegal influence peddling uh, than Joe Biden. But the funny thing about it is I don't believe people understand that 10 percent what influence peddling is Yeah, yeah. because Hunter Biden couldn't do any influence peddling. Mm-hmm. He was a conduit to Joe Biden. Yeah. Biden was the power base. Yeah. Biden has all the power. Biden is why there would be foreign governments that would want to give him money through Hunter Biden. Mm -hmm. Nobody was attempting to influence Hunter Biden. So uh, that was sort of ridiculous the other day. But it shows the public, though, knows what's going on. And I do wonder when, on a lot of these things, with the president, the media is eventually going to fold. They're eventually going to have to. Yeah, I mean, they they look. And one of the things we talk about is uh, the talking points that the media shows up in front of Karine Jean-Pierre every day, and they want the talking points. This is how it works with a liberal administration. Liberal media shows up. They give us, you know, what you want to take back to our readers and uh, viewers, and they're not doing that. So when that happens... Guess what? Yeah. They got to go out and find their own stories. Oh, look, they found one. And and here's just a part of the actual story covered by CBS News. When I took control of this particular investigation, I immediately saw it, you know, it was way outside the norm of what, what I've uh, experienced in the past. Gary Shapley is a supervisory special agent for the IRS, where he's worked for 14 years. In January 2020, He was assigned to what he calls a high-profile investigation. Who's the subject of the investigation? I can't confirm or deny the the subject of this investigation. Why not? Because, you know, part of the tax secrecy laws don't allow it. Shapley can't say it, but CBS News has learned the investigation was the probe of Hunter Biden by the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Delaware. Senior Biden administration officials have vowed to let it run its course without interference. It's not restricted in his investigation in any way. But CBS News has obtained this letter Shapley's lawyers sent to Congress Monday alleging irregularities in DOJ's handling of the investigation. Shapley is seeking legal protections from Congress so he can share specifics of his allegations. There was multiple steps that were were slow walked at the uh, direction of, of the Department of Justice. Had you ever encountered that before? I have not, no. These deviations from normal process, that, and, and each and every time it seemed to, to always benefit the subject. Shapley says he decided to blow the whistle 
after a heated meeting last October with federal prosecutors. It was my red line meeting. It just got to that point where that switch was, uh, was turned on and I just couldn't silence my conscience anymore. Did you let prosecutors know you were unhappy? I don't think I can answer that. Hunter Biden has denied any wrongdoing. Like civil servants. The IRS agent told us he is a registered Republican. His whistleblowing is being assisted by an advocacy group with past ties to the GOP. But Shapley says this is not about politics. Why do you want to navigate these waters? I don't want to do any of this. I took an oath of office, and when I saw the egregiousness of some of these things, it no longer became a choice for me. It's not something that I want to do. It's something that I feel like I have to do. There you go. And we know there's a second whistleblower, and both are supposed to talk to the House this Friday. Did you? See, and now I'm not sure if they're talking to the Senate. Did you see where the Senate banned Grassley? Mm-hmm. Democrats in the Senate said Grassley mm-hmm. can't be part of the interview process. Yeah, right. Yeah, look, um, you know, this is the tactic from the Democrats on Capitol Hill, both in the House and the Senate. Uh, you know, uh, they can't talk about the border, so they just don't show up at the border uh, uh, hearing or hearings. Uh, and if, you know, if something is going to go down in the Senate regarding this, then you don't want Grassley involved. I mean, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. But if you look at the, you know, all right, you look at the layout by CBS there and they point out the that whistleblower is a registered Republican. And ever that's immediately what the liberal media was going to look toward. Okay. What's and, the and, political and you motivation? saw they said the the uh, the the Trump appointed uh what's his name? Uh Delaware. Yeah. Uh you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh the uh the the prosecutor. The prosecutor, yeah. right. The, well, so, the, yeah, the yeah. So all that's going to be part of it. but but then you step back and say, okay, ask yourself the question. Uh, assume that that is part of the motivation. However, what do you have to do to carry this out? If it's not true, then these whistleblowers will face a bunch of problems, including, uh, you know, uh, potentially depending on if they're lying to investigators or whatever, uh, uh, jail time or anything else. Why would you risk that? Why would you risk any of that to come forward um, and doing interviews and the whole thing? Now you're putting yourself out there. Right, but most the the information that has been brought forward shows that Hunter Biden did evade his taxes. Exactly. You, you, the basis I mean, of it that's the whole thing we already know that without yeah. everybody saying well we can't well because you can't release it but we already know because one of his friends gave him the loan mm-hmm. or the grant or whatever right. to pay back two million dollars in taxes right. and they did that in order to hopefully get a uh you know if it does go uh you know to a uh, well one of two things well we'll pay what we owe even though we didn't report it mm. and we evaded taxes but it has been said, nor in nor any normal situation, just because you get caught and then pay your taxes after you get caught evading taxes does not mean that the charge is dropped. Right. You don't get the evasion, you know, because, okay, I've been forced to do it. I've been forced to tell the truth now. So we already know from all the information out there that Hunter Biden evaded his taxes. That's against the law. Yeah. Doesn't matter whether he paid them when he got caught. 
He evaded it. And so that's the information that the whistleblowers have. They know that, and they probably have more specific information, Why this, and which is why this is probably a case where you would assume being veterans, investigators, they see this as so slam dunk that you had to come forward. And from yeah, what I right. can see, it is slam dunk. He didn't pay the $2 million in taxes. Right. And he have, and he didn't report it from what we know. Right. Right. Because there is no case if if you file and report the income and can't pay it, there is no issue. There's no investigation. Right. The investigation is for the evasion of taxes, not not paying your taxes. They'll just, you know, take what they need to take in order to get it back. Yep. And so that's where there's a huge problem uh, for Biden here. And again, these, you know, you have um, the whistleblowers that have come forward now. And the second one uh, coming forward after the Department of Justice. And you saw that the IRS had said, I had nothing to do with stopping the investigation. This came from the Department of Justice. Right. I didn't do this. Right. And so where does it go right at? Merrick Garland. Yep. There is... Really, it's it, you know the 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 landscape is uh, the if you look at it right now is clear, and it's not good things for for Biden. You know, we you asked the question. All right, from here, where does DeSantis go? How do you campaign? It's early. What are you going to do? What you know? Are you spending money? On advertisements, are you having rallies? What's going to be done? A lot of the heavy lifting on the president and your campaigning against a Joe Biden is going to be done in the House and in these investigations. And a lot of it's going to happen this summer. We talked about watching the money. Also, by the way, on DeSantis. Washington Examiner reporting in the first hour after the announcement, he raised a million dollars. DeSantis did. He has to keep doing that. Uh, I don't know that he can raise a million dollars an hour, but he has to keep doing that. But the president right now has a big, 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 big problem. We've said Hunter is a liability and Joe Biden is a liability. This is not about Hunter Biden. This is about Joe Biden. And the thing about now, I know why the Democrats in the Senate don't want uh, Grassley to be part of it because uh, they want to be able to do their spin, like right. they believe the House Republicans right. will do right. their spin. But I don't. I don't believe that the House Republicans have said that Democrats can't be there. I've not seen that. I, no, I haven't seen that. no. And and so that was really their they want Grassley out because they want to be able to spin it, which takes us to another story. We'll get to this following the top of the hour. But the one Republican representative, Representative uh, Luna of Florida, introduced a resolution that would fine Adam Schiff $16 million for his claim that former President Donald Trump colluded with Russia to win the 2016 uh, election. Uh. I mean, it's coming out as we said at the time. We told you uh, Schiff, a pathological liar. And he was the head of basically the House Intelligence Committee. And he lied to the American public about what information they actually had. He lied to the American public 
that the intelligence said that it was obvious that Trump colluded with Russia. And she's yep. saying this all went forward because of him. He needs to pay half of the cost of the Mueller investigation. Yeah. Like, oh, now I'm going to have to look into the legality. Can Congress fine another member of Congress? I don't know if that's even possible. But uh, we'll. Uh, but the, the, the point's being made that he lied about it. And he was one of the reasons that it was pushed forward because he said the evidence of collusion is there. Yeah. And he lied to the American public over and over and over again. It went and over on again. for a long time. We'll get to that story coming up. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Also coming up following uh, the top of the hour, hmm. <laughs> the Democrats on reparations in sanctuary cities. This is another, this relates to a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yeah. It relates to the Seinfeld episode of the <laughs> reservation for a used car. <laughs> You know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to keep the reservation. Hold the reservation. Yeah. And the same thing on, you know, Babylon B had a great uh, headline saying, (laughs) (laughs) Democrats basically have been promoting sanctuary cities for years. They seem to have a problem now with the sanctuary Mm -hmm. part of it. Mm -hmm. The same thing on reparations. On reparations, they've been promoting reparations for years. And they're still for reparations. They're just against paying for reparations. But the pain is the reparations. Yeah. When I started thinking in my head, I went, this is the whole used car thing. It shouldn't be about money. It's always been about money. money. <laughs> yeah, it just... I'm not DeSantis. Newsom. Yeah. Well, it's not well, about let's money. Let's not make this about money. That's where you started. I know. <laughs> Listen, I propose whatever it was amount for each eligible recipient. A few months later. Listen, this isn't about money. money. <laughs> it's like somebody calling their credit card company. Let's just stop making this about money, would you, with the late payment charges and everything. Let's just, can't we all just get along and and agree to disagree that I owe you so much on this credit card? I was reading Jonathan Turley when he was, wow. he was writing about it. He goes, President Joe Biden and Congress are in a potentially lethal game of chicken over the looming default over our debt. It would not seem to be the ideal ideal time to demand an additional fourteen trillion for reparations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America, we are. He's Eric Harleen. I'm Gary McNamara. So I'm just chuckling reading this from uh, Jonathan Turley's website. Mm-hmm. Uh, below is my column on the conflict in Democratic states over the fulfillment of prior political pledges from reparations to sanctuary cities. Democratic states like California cannot blame the opposing party for a failure to fulfill the pledge for cash reparations. And that's true. They're all led by Democrats. They can do whatever they want. Oh, yeah. Democratic states like California cannot blame the opposing party for a failure to fulfill the pledge for cash reparations. It was them, and they're the majority. Yep. That leaves them in a bind. <laughs> no blank, Sherlock. Small payments will belittle a commitment that was called a civic duty and a moral imperative. After years of campaigning on the issue, expectations are high and tensions appear to be rising. Quote, it's time to pay. Those four words from Representative Cory Bush are being heard by a lot of Democratic politicians across the country this month. For Bush, the debt amounts to $14 trillion in reparations for every black American. In California, activists are demanding as much as $5 million per black resident and asking Governor Gavin Newsom, where's the money? One member of Newsom's reparation task force demanded that the state pay its sin bill. In New York and Chicago, mayors are balking at towering cost of migrants being shipped from the border to their sanctuary cities. In Tampa, after demanding $3 million per black resident, a witness said he and others were putting white people on notice that we want our reparations. Hmm. Bills are coming due after years of political campaigning on these issues. Hmm. Reparations and sanctuary cities have long been the bread and butter of identity politics. For years, Democratic politicians have campaigned on these moral imperative quote moral imperatives in passing sanctuary laws and setting up reparation task force. It is the equivalent of a compounding interest on credit card debt. Each election, Democrats use these issues for short-term political gain. Gain, excuse me, not game. Gain, what is a game? Gains. Mm -hmm. Now those bills are coming due and the Democratic leaders are balking on paying it. Mm. As we said, well, we believe in sanctuary cities. We just don't believe in the sanctuary part Mm. of it. Yeah. Mm. Well, actually, we do believe in the sanctuary part of it. We We don't agree with paying for the sanctuary part of it. Yeah, but pain is what creates a sanctuary. And deal. and accommodating right. the sanctuary part of right. it. And and on reparations. Well, 
we're for reparations, but it's not about cash. That's all it's been about is cash. It's talk about moving the Newsom moved the goalpost last or was it last week when he said that? It's like, oh, you're moving the goalpost now. Well, it's just not about money. Sure, it is. You know, it's funny because the left, if you look at it, what's been going on with activists and protesters, right? And we we've touched on it repeatedly to the extent that silence is violence. If you're doing nothing, you're violent. Well, now those in power on the left quite often find themselves basically doing the equivalent of clicking the like button on social media. Hey, we need reparations. Yeah, yeah. How are we going to pay for it? I don't know. Uh, listen, um, let's not make this about money. <laughs> While many have denounced the busing of migrants to sanctuary cities, most privately admit that there is an element of poetic justice. For years, these cities have told undocumented migrants that they are welcome to come to their cities where they would be protected. Then they show up. It became the political version of Look Who's Coming to Dinner, the movie about a liberal couple who are confronted with the visit of their daughter and her black fiancé. That was, I believe, an early 70s movie. Mm -hmm. The single most riveting moment came at Martha's Vineyard, where residents came out to clap and wave to the migrants as they were shipped to a military base off the island. New York City has been shipping migrants to other cities, which are going to court to stop the relocation. Many of the towns point out that unlike New York City, they never declared themselves a sanctuary for undocumented persons. Even though these cities have been sent only a fraction of the influx of states like Texas, mayors in sanctuary cities like Chicago have expressed outrage. As with those expecting reparations... These migrants are understandably confused. They were told Chicago uh, was a sanctuary. Chicago reaffirmed this status in 2022 when it extended protections and benefits just last year. At the time, politicians scrambled for cameras to declare, as Alderwoman uh, Rosanna Rodriguez that Chicago must be a welcoming city for immigrants and reaffirm that our city is responsible for acting with solidarity towards the people that are the most marginalized and the most impacted by a system that oppresses them. Then they show up in greater numbers, and the former mayor, Lori Lightfoot, demanded that these migrants be sent elsewhere or kept in border towns overwhelmed by a far greater number of migrants. In some cases... There is no alternative but to try to quietly abandon prior campaigns that generated a claim nationally and caused serious damage locally. For example, some of us criticized cities like San Francisco for declaring a boycott of states which did not adhere to their views on issues like transgender rights. I noted at the time that the boycott would cost the city dearly in cutting off 22 states by driving up costs. Oh, we, we said that too, by the way. Yeah. It did. And then the city quietly rescinded the boycott after losing millions. 
while the media paid far less attention to the rescission than the original decision, other reversals have come at a greater political cost to the left. For example, cities that led efforts to defund the police are now refunding the police after soaring crime rates and high levels of police retirements and resignations. Activists in cities like Los Angeles called it a slap in the face, given years of promises from Democratic politicians. In the meantime, Newsom's task force has demanded an assortment of other changes, including eliminating cash bail, abandoning the prosecution of certain crimes, subsidizing home purchases for black residents, and guaranteeing a right to return by taking over development projects to guarantee black housing ownership. Some of these reforms uh, can be finessed by politicians, but there is no spin that will obscure the absence of of a cash payment. These well, are, and, and I would say also no spin that w- that would obscure the absence of a full cash payment, right? To the extent that the activists are calling for, even if you don't get to what was it, two hundred million? Two hundred million has been the top level so far. I mean, but, we you you did advocate a billion, you. You well, went further, but you're not a California resident. My question is, why wouldn't you go further? <laughs> because if you start on this, then my first question is, how do you put a price on it? You're going to have to, but if you're talking about a few thousand dollars, then it's a joke. I had to check, but I have not seen any polling whatsoever on reparations and the amounts. Right. Just generic reparations. Right. But not the amounts. Is there a reason for that? Hmm. I'd like to see what California residents. Well, start with start with a one million. And a poll, is it enough, too much, or is it a correct amount? Not enough, too much, or correct. I'd like to see that poll. But the problem with this is exactly what we spell out day after day, is that the activists are outside the door shouting more, more. More because you can't put a price on it. You can't put a price on it. And if you're going to say a few thousand, then it's going to be laughed at. And the laughter is going to be especially harsh. This is why the Democrats in California are trying to get away from this. They're trying to run away from it, including the top Democrat in that state, Governor Newsom. You've got to run away from something you started. I love it. Uh, You know, this isn't just about cash payments. (laughs) All of it's about cash payments. Yeah, that's why. I mean, you know, it always has been. And the ones that aren't, like buying a home, Mm -hmm. that's a cash payment. Right. It comes in in a solid asset. But it's still cash being expended. It's all about cash. Yep. Newsome.
Oh, it's not really about cash, is it? Why does everything have to be about money? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. We have talked about this before. You know, the, the abstract, which is, uh, I had a gentleman uh, that uh, questioned my use of the term abstract, as mm-hmm. we've talked about before. Yeah. Abstract is, is, look at the definition, theoretical. Mm. And it's the, we, we throw out these concepts, and then theoretically, will they work? Right. You know, and and, and right. so, and we've often talked about, you know, for example, nationalized health care mm-hmm. or a single-payer system. When these states did it themselves, whether it was California, Colorado, or Vermont, and they found out how much it was going to cost, and they couldn't put the cost onto their children and grandchildren, sorry, they didn't get the single-payer system that they wanted. Right. They only want it if somebody else will pay for it. Mm reparations they want if somebody else will pay for it sanctuary cities they want if somebody else will pay for it you mm-hmm. hear the mayor screaming that we need help excuse me you and in, you invited them you became a sanctuary city chicago reaffirmed their sanctuary city status in 2022 saying come here and now you're saying that all the all other states should share with your mistake Yeah. Uh, or or your decision, your choice. Look, you know, DeSantis, is, DeSantis is right to use that term. Mm-hmm. Decline is a choice. It is. Uh, the situations we're in right now, we chose to be here. And we can choose to do something different. Unless Biden steps down, Newsom is stuck with this reparations problem that he started yeah his board there's no there's no way there's no way around it now the thing is is about california the blue bubble of california well all the democrats in that state are in the same boat and so the the effect will be across the entire party in that state but it will be in effect. Now, it's not going to usher in a Republican party, no. but it is going to be damaged. And I think it also damages the party. We've talked about this before over the years. It also damages the party outside of that state. Because people, look, California believes we start the fire and then it spreads and everything that we do brings in their mind, justice or whatever it is to the rest of the nation. And that's exactly what's happening now. And you're not going to stop that. And then everyone points at Gavin Newsom, right? Right, Newsom, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Could we talk about something else? I think actually a lot of Democrats, a lot of states that Democrats were considering reparations, this has scared the hell out of them. Oh, yeah. You know, just just like the whole Bud Light situation. Where companies are going, oh, man, what are we doing here? Right. But I think it scared the daylights out of a lot of Democrats going, we didn't know it was going to get to this, but this is out of control. They're talking they're talking millions of dollars. We can't – we bankrupt our state. We can't be a part of this insanity. Mm-hmm. I believe that all of this may have hurt the reparations movement. Oh, I think so. 866-90-RUD-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. 
At the core of Compliance Safety Accountability, or CSA, is FMCSA's Safety Measurement System, or SMS. The SMS uses seven safety improvement categories called BASICs to examine a carrier's on-road performance and potential crash risk. The categories of BASICs are unsafe driving, hours of service compliance, driver fitness, controlled substances and alcohol, vehicle maintenance, hazardous materials compliance, and crash indicator. Under FMCSA's old measurement system, carrier performance was assessed in only four broad categories. Violations or crashes that have occurred within the previous 24 months of performance data are included in CSA calculations, but more recent events are weighted more heavily than older events. Violations or crashes that have happened within the past six months are weighted 33% more than events that occurred 6 to 12 months ago. And violations that are older than a year are weighted 66% less than recent violations. This allows a carrier to improve their CSA score gradually as they see fewer and fewer violations. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the bottom of the hour, we'll get to the G- uh, GOP representative that's seeking a $16 million fine against uh, Adam Schiff. All right. So I don't even know if Congress can Congress fine. I haven't seen any legal analysis on that one. And this is for Adam Schiff for lying about the Trump-Russia collusion. Right. Which uh, GOP representative Anna uh, Paulina Luna says, you know, that was the main driver of the Mueller report yeah. that he was pushing. He was ahead of the, he was the head of the House Intelligence Committee in promoting mm-hmm. the fact that the intelligence shows that Trump was colluding with the Russians. Uh, Schiff lied all along on it. We all know it. Every Democrat knows that Schiff lied. Yeah, uh, and and we called him out. I don't know, a long time ago. I yeah. can't remember when we right. did, but it was right. a long time ago. So it was obvious that he was lying in that case. And remember the 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 memo. Remember when you had um when you had uh the Republicans put out their report and then the Democrats put out their report. Republicans said there is no intelligence that shows collusion with Russia. Devin Nunes was right on that. Yeah. He was right. I'm sorry, he was the Democrat head of the House Intelligence Committee. Devin Nunes was the head of the House Intelligence Committee. At that time, at yeah, that when, time, that, yes, when, that report, when those reports right. came out. Yeah, and, and then then he became the chairman right. uh, after they yes. took control.
subjective, arbitrary, and whimsical. Always, Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight, Representative Anna Paulina Luna of Florida, Republican, introduced a resolution that would fine Representative Adam Schiff $16 million for his claims that former President Donald Trump colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election. Luna says the amount is about half the cost of the federal investigation into alleged Trump-Russia collusion, which was debunked by special counsel reports from both Robert Mueller and John Durham. The GOP conference agrees that, here's a quote, the GOP conference agrees that Adam Schiff has betrayed the trust of the American people, purposely abused positions of extreme authority, lied continuously, and as such must be held to account. Accordingly, the resolution requires Representative Schiff to pay a $16 million fine, half of the cost of American that American taxpayers were forced to pay for the Russia hoax investigation, which apparently came to $32 million. Luna's resolution uh, said as chair of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, Schiff had a position of extreme trust that gave him access to sensitive information not available to other members. But Schiff abused this trust by citing evidence of collusion that later special counsel reports showed did not exist. By repeatedly telling these falsehoods, Representative Schiff purposely deceived his committee, Congress, and the American people. The resolution said it noted that Schiff lent credibility to the Steele dossier supported a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant against Trump aide Carter Page and publicly accused Page of being a Russian collaborator. Representative Schiff exploited his positions to encourage and excuse abusive intelligence investigations of Americans for political purposes. Representative Schiff used his position to access uh, to position and access to sensitive information to instigate a fraudulently based investigation, which he then used to amass political gain and fundraising dollars. American taxpayers paid $32 million to fund the investigation into collusion that was launched as a result of Representative Schiff's lies, misrepresentations, and abuses of sensitive information. The resolution censures and condemns Schiff for conduct that misleads the American people in a way that is not befitting an elected member of the House and declares Schiff is fined $16 million. It is the obligation of the House leadership to back up this motion for the American people and hold this feckless man accountable. Last week, Luna introduced a separate resolution to expel Schiff from Congress for abusing his position on the Intelligence Committee. Durham released a report last week that found significant FBI failures and no evidence the Trump campaign was coordinated with Russia uh, with to influence the 2016 presidential election. 
Schiff spent years arguing there was evidence to the contrary. He said in 2017 that the evidence is not circumstantial. Uh, we have said this for the longest time. Now, I don't know if I don't even know whether Congress has the ability to find another member. I don't even know if that exists. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know where she got that. But the fact is, we said it a long If you've been a long time listening to the show, you know we said this. You know that when both sides, the, the House Intelligence Committee, uh, under the majority with Devin Nunes, said, the intelligence shows no collusion. There is no intelligence that shows collusion between Trump and Russia. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was early on. Yep. And Adam Schiff, who was the head of the Democrats, the minority at that point of the House Intelligence Committee, said, yes, the evidence exists that the intelligence clearly shows that Trump colluded with the Russians. We said at that time, someone is lying. And then when Adam Schiff finally came out on The View, because they said, you keep promising that you have evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians. What is it? And he said, oh, the uh, the Trump meeting in Trump Tower. Right. Which had nothing to do with Russia collusion at all. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And they didn't know. They were, of course, you know, as ignorant as can be, uh, they just, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they never questioned mm-hmm. him uh, on it. And we said at that point, wow, he's been lying all along. And as a member of the House Intelligence Committee, and then remember, when, when uh, Biden won, he became the head of the House Intelligence Committee. Yeah. When they took over Congress. Right. He became the head of of it and he still perpetuated the lie so he lied to the american people about the top secret intelligence and the analysis of our intelligence agencies that he knew wasn't there and he lied anyway how do you hold somebody accountable for that because you're not just talking about a regular a person in congress that is, you know, screaming lies or whatever. You're talking about somebody who became the head of the House Intelligence Committee, the monitoring, the head of the House of Representatives who is monitoring what the intelligence agencies are doing to make sure that they are responsible to the American people. And Adam Schiff lied about what the intelligence was on Trump continuously over and over again for years, knowing that what he was saying was a lie. And it's, look, uh, if you look at all that was spent on that, I would say Adam Schiff's entire party should pay up if that's the way it worked. I think introducing this is a good idea for the conversation. Yeah. I, I don't believe it's going to go anywhere because I don't believe McCarthy's going to move on it. I really don't believe that is going to happen. No. No. 
But if you have the conversation over and over again, and the Durham report was a reminder for those who already knew. It was a reminder inside of an entire package uh, or in the form of another package. And it's also a learning experience for a lot of people along the way that the media that many of them trusted to get it right got it wrong and were lying. Adam Schiff is a given. that, it, it, And it was pointed out over and over and over and over. He's a liar to the core. He's a wholly dishonest person. That was a key lie that we believe should disqualify him from ever being on such committees. McCarthy was totally justifiable in kicking him off. Yep. And you know something? There wasn't as much backlash as you would expect from Democrats. No, you're right. Because they knew he right. was lying. You're right. They knew he was lying. Well, we I, and I wonder lying. if that's, remember, who was it? Uh, was it John Kerry that was testifying one day and the, and the media was on social media going, oh, he needs to stop talking. I, I wonder if there was that effect, especially after his Adam Schiff going on The View and pointing to the Trump Tower meeting as his evidence, which was a, it was so weak. But he needed an exit ramp. Here's something I've never asked out loud, but I've wondered. Why did he feel like he needed an exit ramp? He needed to finally answer that question. Once and for all, he needed to point to the evidence. Now, that wasn't evidence, but he needed to point to something. He needed to get out of it. And I wonder why he feels that. I wonder if there was pressure on Capitol Hill at the time for him to do that. I don't know. But ultimately, I think you're right. I, I think there. I think it stands to reason that the left, the media, all of all of them, Look at this saying, yeah, it's we're okay with him not being on those committees. He he served did this his, to himself. Well, yeah, but he served his purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got the job done. He, he got, exactly. He, he yeah, got, he got we the job done. And- we don't. He's not useful. He's not going to be right. useful. And we're not going. Why fight that fight? We'll see what happens when he runs for uh, the Senate, Senate. seat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's what qualifies you for the Senate in California mm-hmm. line as uh, a a uh, member and the head mm-hmm. because he became the head of the House Intelligence Committee mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. Biden was elected and they won the House. He became the head of the House Intelligence Committee and he was a pathological liar about what the intelligence said. And he continued with the lie as the head of the intelligence uh, uh, committee. Right. Lied over and over and over again. You notice that yesterday or even last uh, uh, week when he's been criticized, that nobody has come to his defense and said, and said well, wait a minute. He showed the collusion. It, it was the Trump Tower meeting. Uh-huh. You notice nobody's come to his defense to say that. Yeah. Has he even used that as his defense? No. No. I mean, I haven't seen it. Because a simple thing was, and it was, you know, his point was when he said it to the view, 
was that's the evidence of collusion. Mm-hmm. Well, even if they were trying to clue to to do that, if that's all you have, even if that was about seeking to collude with the Russians, that that was the intent of the lawyer. We know that that uh, uh, Donald Trump was Donald Trump Jr. was brought there, right? Was it? Yeah, yeah, it was brought there. Right. Under when when he heard what that was about, he goes, "Goodbye, I'm you know I'm out of here." And then he was willing to provide anything. He provided everything. He goes, Mudhai and everything. I'll voluntarily give everything about that meeting. Here's the entire you know, thread right, and the setup right, and everything you. else. Here's here's what it was about. And yep. and so, you know, and but it never led, even if it was, it never led to any collusion or any communication. That's the point. Right. Even if the only goal was to collude with the Russians, it never got there. And so that's why it was such a weak. And Adam Schiff had to know that it was going to fall apart in him someday. They don't care as political activists. They don't care. They don't believe there's any consequences to their actions. They don't. They they really don't. And that's why he's running for Senate. People mm-hmm. of California will gladly. The Democrats in California they don't care if I lied about intelligence. Right. They don't care. They'll put me. They'll they'll look that as a badge of honor. They'll put me in because I lied to the American public about. Uh, what the intelligence agencies actually had. Mm -hmm. That's a trophy in the Democratic circles. Oh, yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up, uh, the uh, IRS uh, whistleblower uh, actually speaks to CBS. We know mm. who he is now. Yeah. Uh, by uh, by name, uh, they're supposed to meet with the House on Friday. I know they're supposed to meet with the Senate, and, and uh, the Senate, because it's controlled by Democrats, doesn't want Grassley to be part of the interview. Right. Now, the thing is, this is so... The the thing that you know you you've seen the the uh, polling on it. We told you the polling yesterday. Most people, the majority of people, believe Joe Biden made illegal money through influence peddling, uh, and the same thing with Hunter Biden. That's the majority of Americans, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like forty five percent of Democrats uh, do too. That's a problem. They know it's a problem, and uh, I don't know how you defend. I don't know how you go. I don't know how you attack the whistleblowers. It'll be interesting to see if you're a member of the Senate. Yeah, this seems pretty cut and dry, and it's very cut and dry because we already know that Biden paid back two million dollars that he mm-hmm. attempted to evade mm-hmm. through a friend's loan. Mm-hmm. We know that already. Right. Nobody is debating that. That's why this whole tax evasion thing is so simple. Right. Yeah, I guess you start, if you're a Democrat, you start on the whole political motivation. And I maybe you just stay there.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.